Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. I'm incredibly excited for this episode. I've been following this individual for a few years now, and he actually spoke to one of my masterminds, mastermind groups recently, Success Champions Networking. And uh, I, I knew I had to have him on the show, and luckily I got introduced to him to have him on the show. I've got Steve Sims with me, and probably one of the harder introductions I've had to make because he does so much and he just put a few on his business holdings. He's also an expert in making shit happen. He's the author of the best-selling book, Blue Fishing. And Steve, you have a new book out now as well, correct? Yeah, go for stupid. Fantastic. Why? Oh, well, first of all, Steve, thank you for being on the show. It's an honor Pleasure. to have you here. And uh, I got to see some of your videos with a little bit of your backstory and everything. Very cool. And then I saw your website as well. And some of the testimonials on that were very, very interesting. And so <laughs> very one of them was Elton John. How did that even happen? Oh, that fella. Um, I <laughs> ended up working for him and his organization for eight years. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was sometimes you get so enamored with the elephant in the room that you don't take the moment to just enjoy it. Um mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to work on this project and I was probably quite knee deep into the project before I suddenly realized, hang on a minute, I am working with the man, the myth, the legend himself. So it was a pretty damn cool period for me, but we looked after a lot and we were involved with his uh, Hollywood Oscar party. So I got to hobnob around with all the, the Miley Cyruses and the John Travolta's of the world. So it was kind of, it was kind of cool, but like anything, you do something for eight years it can start getting a little bit boring. <laughs> <laughs> so so what are you doing now? What are you focused on now? Well, here was the funny thing. Um, backtracking, you know, I started off as a bricklayer, was poor. Uh, most people know what that's like. And when I say poor, before everyone bitches at me, for one, I don't care if they do. But secondly, I use the word poor a lot because that's not only financial, that's your mindset. And when I was a young bricklayer, I was poor. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any hope, didn't have any future. didn't have Instagram to tell me how inadequate my life was. You know, I was like, this is it. But there was this bubble in my gut that said, try something different. And um, I went off to try and surround myself with successful people to try and become wealthy, which let's be serious. When you're a kid, all you want is to be rich. You want a million dollars. You want to be a millionaire. And then you become a millionaire and you go, shit, I'm still fucked, you know, I'm still paying the school fees. And, you know, you realize that the uh, skies don't open and it's not forever blue, even in California. Um, but, uh, you know, I constantly try to push myself and push myself. And I ended up launching this kind of um, Mr. Fix-It. I was the man that if you were really rich and you had a desire, dream or fantasy, I was the one that sorted it out. So you wanted to get married by the Pope. You wanted to drive a Formula One car. You wanted a drum lesson with Guns and Roses. You wanted to visit the Titanic and come back. You know, all of that kind of shit was what I did. Um, and then I got offered to write a book. And I thought to myself, you mentioned it, blue fishing. And I thought to myself, no one's going to believe this. No one's going to buy this book. Um, I really 
I really didn't think it was because people today like to avoid doing the basic stuff and they try to buy their pain away. If you said to someone, hey, if you do this in a gym for the next eight months, you'll look like this. Or for $25,000, you could buy this tablet. People would be buying the tablet in their droves because people don't want to do the hard work anymore. They just want to buy buy someone else to do it. Um, but I always focused on the basics. And so I thought no one's going to buy the book. And I was wrong. Um, it took off, uh, became bestseller, translated all over the planet. And then I started speaking, training and coaching. So now, along with Sims Distillery, I focus on taking your raw materials, disrupting you and getting you to do things in the most impactful way, which is quite often the easiest way. You know, they say that the hammer is not the sharpest tool in the shed, but it is the most impactful. So, you know, I, I'm there to kind of like create impact within people that I work with. I love it. I love it so much. And what, what let me ask you this. What are the basics of setting up a meeting with Elton John? I mean, that doesn't sound basic at all, right? But what oh, you're saying is basic. if you execute the basics, then those kind of opportunities will come about. Let's play a game, Doug. Um, if I invited you to my barbecue party on Saturday night, um, you, you're in LA, uh, I'm having a barbecue, and I go, hey, Doug, come to my bar barbecue party, and you say yes. What's the first question you ask me? I mean, I know what my friends ask, but I'm going to ask, what are you cooking? Yeah, God, they, hey, look, you may not like my food. I tell you it's vegetarian, and you're not showing up. So I tell you, I've got T-bones, tomahawks. I've got all the, all the decent stuff, all the good quality stuff. What's your next question? Uh, what can I bring? Okay. So the yeah. first question was selfish about you and yeah. your interests <laughs> and how it benefited you. The second question was how it benefited me. Now, bear in mind, I've already invited you, and the first thing you gave me was a selfish question. Right. Now, that's primitive. A little bit hurtful, but it gets the point across that in today's business, most people get into relationships because of how it benefits them. Hey, 100%. if I can, if I can get a meeting with Elon Musk, I can pitch him my business. I can get him to validate my company. I can get a testimony. It's all about you. Mm -hmm. But if you actually show up to someone, anyone, and go, hey, Doug, we don't know each other very well, but you've got this podcast. I'd really like to share it with my community. Would a wider reach be of interest to you? What are you going to say? No, no, go away, Steve. So when you go to someone, whether it be Doug Mitchell and his podcast or whether it be Elton John and his Oscar party, and go, hey, I've got a way that we can create more impact with what you're doing. Would you like to give me five minutes and I'll tell you what we could do? And then all they got to do is hire me to make it happen. So the the point is, in today's world, we focus way too much on what it can do for you rather than what it can do for them. And if you focus on the them, then they will they will grab you by the legs and drag you through the door and just go, right, get it done. So whether it be Elton John or you, focus on it being them. I love it. And it, and it makes a ton of sense. And I'm guessing it's it's why you titled your book, Go For Stupid. Yeah, we. so that actually was a title that we had like probably about 20 years ago now. Um, okay. 
we noticed that a lot of people, and we do this within business now, when you've got a goal and you're making, I don't know, 100 grand a year, and you go, right, my goal for next year is 15% more. So I'm going to go for 115 grand, you know? Why? You know, why do we set our goals and aspirations too low? A lot of the answers is because we're scared of people mocking us. But if you don't care, you know, and you think about all the people in the planet, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, you know, any of these kind of people that we're thinking about, Mother Teresa, all of these people had these ridiculous goals. Mother Teresa, I want to see people die smiling. Elon Musk, I want to go to space. Jeff Bezos, I want a platform where everyone can get everything tomorrow. You know, we they all had these ridiculous ideas and everyone scoffed and laughed at them. Until they applauded. So I thought to myself, if all of our goals and aspirations were ridiculous and stupid, two things happen. When something's stupid, you become a child. Like if I say to you, Doug, let's do this, man. We're going to fight through. We're going to make the impossible possible. Yeah, let's make impossible stands for I am possible. Well, that's all fighting talk. And we can fight for half hour, but we can play for weeks. So if I take what we're going for and I make it enjoyable and I make you a child and I ignite those neurons to make you play with your your goals, Mm. then you can do that all day, every day without getting tired. Now, here's the thing. If you've got, if you're making a hundred grand a year, why the fuck will you go for 115? Why don't you go for 250 and fail and make 200 grand? Mm -hmm. So quite honestly, we used to look at any project we would do and we would go, okay, I hear the project we got to do, but how can we make it stupid? Well, we've got that. Well, let's treble it. Oh, we got that. Well, let's get on Dry Bocelli to come in. Oh, we want to do No, let's do it with Elton. You know, whatever we would do, we would see how we could make it utterly, utterly, utterly ridiculous. And then guess what? After a while, you start hitting those and then you've got to make things even stupider in order to push yourself and challenge yourself. So I believe everyone should play with their goals. Okay. So I want to challenge this a little bit, right? All right. So obviously, me to you, that makes a ton of sense for me. But what about me to my team? Is, is that the same concept I want to deploy to my team? No. No, you've got entrepreneurs and you've got intrapreneurs. The intrapreneurs are the actions to your dreams and fantasies and visions. The downside is no one's ever going to want your dream as much as you want your dream. So you've got to uh, you've got to be able to ignite them. But here's a classic example: um, gamification. Uh, mm-hmm. Elon Musk uses it all the time. There's a famous story, and I've got to admit, there's various different variations of this story, but of the Tabasco jar. Okay. Apparently, Tabasco hit a plateau where it was selling an enormous amount of that stuff, but it wasn't going any more above the plateau. No matter what marketing they did, no matter what advertising, no matter what sponsorship, they couldn't break that ceiling. So they turned around and they said to their team, their entire workforce, and they said, look, if someone could come up with an idea, you win. And I think it was stupid, like about a thousand bucks. Now, they had been sponsoring and investing in marketing agencies hundreds of thousands of dollars, but this time they made it a game. Hey, come up with the idea. You get a thousand, the winner gets a thousand bucks. One guy there turned around and they said, 
Make the hole bigger. He said, you shake it so much, the thing can last for months. Make a bigger hole and you'll end up using it within a month. And that's what they did. To actually treble their sales, they made the hole bigger. And they made the hole bigger by operating it as a game. So if you've got staff, they're not going to be as connected to your vision and your dream as you. But you can go, hey, this is my dream. The one that comes up with the best solution gets a day off to play golf. You know, also, but to make it fun. I'm a great believer in not giving money. Okay, not because I'm a tight ass, but if I said to you, Doug, um, here's no, are you are you married? Got kids? Yes, sir. Right. Okay. So if I said to you, Doug, uh, I'm doing this event and I need to sell twenty tickets, you know, uh, and I'll give you a commission. You sold the twenty tickets and your commission was, I don't know, five grand. Okay. I give you the five grand, Doug. There's five thousand dollars. Okay. Are you happy with that? You've just got five okay. grand. You, you, you okay? You, you're five yeah. grand. I don't care how rich you are. You get five grand in your pocket or in your hand. Thank you very much. Yeah. But what about in a year's time I turn around to you and I go, hey, Doug, do you remember that five grand that you earned when we weren't together? What did you do with it? What do you know? You know, paid the mortgage, you know, maybe paid the car fees, paid off a bit of the credit card. I don't know. Maybe you bought a cap with it. Who bloody knows? Okay. But instead, let me turn around and go, hey, I need to sell 20 tickets. And the one that gets me those 20 tickets, him and their family get to come to my suite at the next Super Bowl, okay? Or gets a suite at the Grammys or goes backstage with their favorite rock star. Now. Oh, it's on. <laughs> five years, 10 years, 20 years from there. I'm always going to be the guy that got you and your kids front row at that concert or backstage with Taylor Swift or whatever. And here's the dumb thing. Nine times out of ten, those things are far cheaper than the actual commission, but you can never lose it. Now, all of a sudden, I'm the excitement guy. I'm the guy that makes these incredible things. So I always love playing a game. I'll always put money in there as well. Of course, we've still got to pay that mortgage, but I never make it the focus point. I'll go, hey, here you go. There's that. Oh, by the way, I know you love Thai food. There's a new restaurant down the road. I've already prepaid for the meal, and the chef's going to come out, by the way, at the end of it and teach your kids how to make some Thai food. You know, I've created this experience, and now you will never forget that. You'll forget the money, but you'll never forget that moment. Man, like, if that's all you said on this podcast, I feel like our listeners just unlocked the cheat code. And it, it's twofold. It's twofold. It's motivation and creates more sales, right? Yep. And that's what we talk about on here is building great sales teams. But it creates a culture that is sticky that everybody wants to stay in because of those experiences you're creating for your people. And like you said, because of your, the nature of your business, you probably already have them in your month-to-month -month business. You know what I'm saying? You probably already have an event that you're going to that maybe you're paying VIP for yourself and you could also pay VIP for them and their family or something like that, you know, or you're sponsoring or whatever the case is. You have these these things already in your business that you can create experiences with and, and the culture just shoots through the roof. And they, now, don't I, have, always... they don't have to be big. And I think the word there that everyone needs to, to hook on that you mentioned is culture. You know, we we want a culture where we are giving, we are connected. 
Um, like, for argument's sake, how, how good are you at marketing? Not that good. Not that good? I'm pretty damn good at it. In fact, I own a marketing agency and I fucking hate it, okay? <laughs> I hate, I absolutely hate marketing, okay? But when we got in this call, what was the first thing that you actually declared that you were impressed about that you made known to your listeners? Can you recall that? The uh, Elton John review. I would rather listen to someone that says something nice about me that's actually paid than listen to your slick advertising copy. So okay. I'm always about the testimonials. I had a guy this morning and I train people to be speakers and I do all loads of different stuff. And this guy was like, Hey, I really want to talk to you about training. I was like, do you know, I want to talk to you, but I'm not going to. And the guy was like, why? Surely you want to make a sale here. And I went, actually, I don't. I want to make a connection and I want to make it, make it right for you. Here's two people that have just finished the program. One of them finished it a year ago and is off and is doing great speaking gigs. The other one's only just finished by about two weeks. So you've got both ends of the spectrums. Speak to them. And if it works for you and it excites you, we'll have that conversation. But there's nothing better than speaking to someone that spent 15 grand with you going, that was the cheapest money I ever spent. You've, you've got to take that. You bite his arm off and take that deal. And he came back to me. It came back to me really, really quick. So I love testimonials. There's nothing better than the referral market. But here's the dumb thing, and I'm talking to your listeners now. How many times do you get your clients to become your front line of marketing? How many times do you get them to do your work? No, it's massive. And, it, and it, again, it's twofold. Like everything else you've been saying has so many applications across your business, especially if you have a sales team. Like another one is, how how are you executing on getting your sales reps that are doing amazing already and are a great testimonial to recruit? Yeah. How often are you putting them in positions to recruit? Because that's another review, just like you're talking about. And then the people you get from that one, you don't have to sell them on the position. Like you yeah. don't have to sell them on the, the, the program. But two, they're going to be bought in already. As soon as they walk in the door, they're ready to roll. And they're going to do whatever you ask them to do. Well, you say about it has so many applications. Mm -hmm. How cool would it be that if a hot girl told another hot girl that you're the date of the year, you know, <laughs> and there's nothing better than a testimonial. That's you know? a great it, way to put it. <laughs> it's the greatest marketing in the absolute planet. Yet it's the number one ignored resource we have. We'd much rather go and waste 10 grand on Facebook ads, you know, mm -hmm. trying to grab some cold traffic and getting in front of eyeballs that should never see you, than actually going out to your people and going, hey, would you do me a favor? If you really liked what I did for you, if it really worked, and more importantly, if it solved your problem, what 10 people do you know that should know that? And would you allow me to send them something? Would you allow me to record or just take down a little testimonial from you and share it? You know, but people don't do it. They kind of get scared. You can get scared before you ask for the money, if you like. You can get scared making sure you do pull off a good deal. But once you've pulled off a good deal and you've been paid and the whole thing's over and the client's happy, why not get them then to work for you?
It's real and it's massive. So you've got all these things that you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Which one do you enjoy the most? What are you most passionate about of all these different things? Because, you know, on your site, you've got brand designer, author, coach, (laughs) speakeasy host, speaker, podcast host. The funny thing is they all they all kind of boil down to one. Um, I think as entrepreneurs, we get caught up in our own sandpit and our own crap. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like to, I like to give people a bit of an ass kick and I I like to disrupt what you're doing. Um, I like to challenge, you know, you're marketing. Why are you marketing? How are you marketing? Is that the best use of your time, your energy, and more importantly, your checkbook? So I love to challenge people in order to see how we can, that's one of the reasons we called it a distillery. A lot of people um, thought that I called uh, our community Sims Distillery because I'm an alcoholic and I love drinking whiskey. Well, I do love drinking whiskey. But if you look at the fundamentals of what a distillery is, it takes the raw grain, the raw ingredients, and through a distillery process makes it a 100 plus proof it's the most powerful alcohol out there and in most cases it's pure well we're being we're growing up as kids we're being told you know color within the box if you don't say this is the answer well it's the wrong answer and you're stupid you know we got so many things that we can by the time we get to our 20s we got so much baggage and other people's shit that we need to be torn down refined distilled and then put out their pure. So I like to um, call it as it is, disrupt the way you're doing business, disrupt the way you're making relationships, both in your business and in your personal life, and then spit you back into the planet to dominate, grab an unfair advantage, and to be more powerful. What's something that our listeners, like maybe an exercise they can put themselves through right now that can disrupt that their current thinking and maybe shed a few of those preconceived notions that they Acquired when they were growing up. The talent you need that you're losing is the muscle you'll need to exist. It's the art of communication. Okay. You need to communicate. You can download an app that'll show you how to make a bridge, but you can't download an app that'll tell you how to have a conversation with another human being. So there's two things. One, I want you to start having coffee, coffee shop chats. This is a tough one and it will scare you and it will make you uncomfortable. But I want you to step into a coffee shop. Stand behind someone, wait until they've ordered their drink. And then when they step to the barista, while it's being made, that frappalap or whatever the bloody thing's being made, step next to them and go, hey, how's your day going? Just curious, you know, any stress, any what? Start a conversation because 90% of the time now we stand there in silence. We went through covid where we were ripped apart with the ability to be able to have a communication with another human being. And now when we're in a coffee shop, we're intimidated to do so. So start having a, the person will look like, look at you like you're a rapist. I look at you like you're a mugger, but you've got to do it because it'll make your ability to communicate better, sharper and stronger. Therefore, when you get into a situation where you can comfortably communicate, you'll actually be better at it, okay? So the first thing is get used to communicating for any reason whatsoever. You stood in a lineup at a supermarket, you're waiting to get into a concert, a bowling alley, you're waiting for some gas, whatever it is, try and strike up a conversation with a person. And if the person opposite you looks as though they're from a completely different kind of life, 
all the better. Because if you can communicate and find a relatable note to communicate on, that increases your ability to communicate. So get to the art of communication going. Secondly, um, you've got to start asking for referrals. There is no better business than just asking people to promote you. One person knows five people. Five people know five people. It doesn't take long before you can't take in any more clients. And, of course, if you want a third one as a freebie, just to let you know, um, join one of my communities. There you go. There's a free plug. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, brother. <laughs> okay, I've gotten the referral. I, I've yes. executed on what you said. I've gotten better at communicating. Yep. I'm asking for the referrals. I'm in the home. You know, a yep. lot of my clients and a lot of the listeners are in home services, you know? Yes. I'm in the home. How do you differentiate yourself from the next guy? And I imagine you do this in your business all the time or your yeah. clients do it in their businesses. It's it's a, it's a piece of marketing. But once you're in the home and it's just you and the homeowner, how do you di differentiate yourself from the three other bids that they're getting? You just answered it. Bids. If you're arguing with someone over the price, then you failed to demonstrate the value. You see, I don't want to be better than the last person. I want to be different, okay? okay. I, want, I want to be able to, and one of the easiest ways to be different is to not focus on the money, okay? What is the problem you have? And I've worked in a lot of conferences. I've done a lot of work with HVAC, solar systems. I was a bricklayer. I've worked in the building and the concrete conferences. I've done a lot with home services. The bottom line of it is most people are in there bidding on the price. And if you're communicating on the price, it's a race to the bottom. You've got to communicate on the value. How fast do you need this done? How well do you need it done? How quietly do you need it done? What is the maximum level of destruction and, and disruption you're, you're willing to accept during this product and a project? And what is the minimum? Let's make sure that we work for you. Pay attention to them. And ask them questions. Demonstrate that you care about being the solution, not the invoice. I'm going to let that sit for a second because that was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. Especially the piece about what is the maximum level of disruption you're willing to accept to get this product? I love that question. And I love yeah. it early on in the process, too, because it, it creates a pattern interrupt. And then it also yeah. assumes the sale in the process. So love well, that. there's love the that thing time. you're demonstrating and you're, you're, you're pushing the bruise, you know, and here's mm -hmm. the thing. Just, just visualize it for a second. Again, none of this shit is hard, but if someone's got a bruise on that oboe and you poke it and you go, you got a bruise there. And they go, yeah, I have. How did you get that bruise? Ouch. Don't poke it. If you keep poking that bruise and then you turn around and go, well, would you like me to take the pain away and stop poking? They're going to go, yes! <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. So if you're in there going, hey, are you happy with the fact that it's taking you this long to call the professionals? And what do we need to do? To do you start asking those kind of questions. They can only have you as the solution to that problem. I love it, Steve. You're just dropping so much that the listeners can use on this. So I'm going to ask you for a bit, bit of entertainment. What's your okay. favorite story to tell? When I sang a duet with Andrea Bocelli in Florence. That's uh, that, I don't tell that one very often, but you know, when okay. I used to do my concierge days, um, 
I had a client that wanted to have an amazing dining experience in Florence. Again, going for stupid. How can we make this goal <laughs> and request like freaking stupid? We came up with the idea of let's take over the uh, Galleria de Academia, which is the museum that houses Michelangelo's David, the most famous statue in the planet. Um, and so we went to them and pitched this concept of this amazing meal in the most amazing location. And hey, this is the location. Wouldn't you like to be part of that dream? And we were stunned. They said, yes, you know, and I was like, shit, I've just got it. And then um, I contacted uh, Elton John because I wanted to get um, Andrea Bocelli because he lives in Florence and okay. the most famous entertainer in Italy um, used to be Pavarotti. He passed away, but Andrea Bocelli is the most famous Italian entertainer. And um, he said yes. And I'm like, shit. And so I'm in, I'm in the museum and I'm sat next to Andrea Bocelli and we're on this plinth. Now, the thing about museums, you've got to understand, and I'm sure you'll think about it when it makes sense, the marble. So singing in like a marble room is the worst acoustics in the planet. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sat next to Andrea Bocelli and uh, we're all quiet and we're just looking at the view of David and the clients haven't turned up and the people are setting up the table for the meal. And all of a sudden he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. and his voice is amazing, not like mine. And he did that. And so then I did that. I won't hurt you by doing it again, but I did it. <laughs> And he 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 looks at, he's blind if you don't know who Andre Bocelli is, but he faces towards his wife Veronica, says something in Italian, and she looks over to me and she said, Steve, what were you doing? And I said, Look, we're in the academia, we're in front of David, and I got Andre Bocelli singing. When is the next time I'm gonna get the chance to do a duet with Andrea Bocelli? <laughs> and she laughed, told him that. He laughed, looked at me, and he went, stop. <laughs> that was it. So he, I don't think he wanted an encore, but uh, no. I actually, uh, no, he didn't want, but I actually, <laughs> I got to sing a duet with Andrea Bocelli, so that's good enough for me. That's fantastic. I don't, unfortunately, know who that is, but I'm going to look him up right after this podcast <laughs> now and check him out. That sounds amazing. All right, last question. I know uh, I want to respect your time. Yeah. You know, and I ask this of all my guests, what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Do you know, I get that question a lot and it's not a focus of mine. Um, yeah. A lot of people want to leave something behind. I want to leave something now. I want someone to, to actually be in something. So for me, I want people to stop worrying about other people's opinions. Um, okay. I want people to stop lying. I want people to start laughing. I want people to start challenging themselves more. Um, I work on a number of things with my family, which I'm very lucky to be able to do. So in that eventual time where I pop off into the, you know, pub in the sky, um, I want my, my voice, my words to, to remain on. In fact, someone said to me many years ago, which has always stuck with me, um, we die twice. We die once when we're buried in the ground, and we die the second time when people stop talking about us or using what we taught them. Um, so I want the, the second one to go on longer than the first one. I love it. I love it so much. 
Okay, guys, if y'all want to learn more about Steve, definitely check out stevedsims.com. We'll include the link in the show notes, as well as goforstupid.com, which is his book that just came out. And I love the title, love the concept. Definitely going to get a copy myself. Is it on Audible? I'm curious because I'm on It's Audible on Audible, now. but I'll give you a freebie here. If you okay. visit goforstupid.com, I actually recorded 12 um, chapters for the audio book, but I did voice. a video. But um, okay. so you, you can actually watch the entire video series for okay. free. So there you go. Goforstupid.com. Awesome. Definitely going to take advantage of that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I can't believe how much value you've dropped today. I mean, I can believe it. I heard about it in Success Champions Network, <laughs> and now you did it on the podcast. Thanks again, brother. I appreciate you so much. All the best.